0: I'm uh, Dr. Drew Clark and this is my wife. Hi, I'm Dr. Kanima. Uh, and uh, we have a beautiful practice down here in Bonita Springs, Florida. Um, been here for about uh, seven years now. Uh, we have four docs. Uh, we have a lot of great team members and uh, we're serving people down here in the uh, southwest Florida community with specific upper cervical
1: chiropractic care. Awesome. I love that. And so you guys have four dogs too?
0: Four docs, and then we have three office managers. One okay. of them is sitting right here behind us. She's seven months old. That is, Tiara. Uh, um, <laughs> uh, the <laughs> middle is the middle is uh, Ariella. She's two, and then our oldest is Kayla, and she's five.
1: Oh wow, that's incredible! I find that amazing. So I wanted to ask too, because I always find um, whoever you know everyone when they start to practice. How did you guys come up with your crisis company name, The Arc of Life? Where did that kind of come from? I was kind of curious.
0: Uh, well, ultimately, um, we're, we specialize, if you will, in, in the neck. That's where our focus starts or begins. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is referenced as the arc of, the arc of life. Um, so all information flows from above, down, inside, out. Brain controls everything. So this is a very important structure. And the arc that should be there is very important as well. So it, it seemed fitting. We added the family name in because we always wanted to maintain a family dynamic kids come with us to the office every day. Our our practice members are patients. We look at them as family. So it seemed very fitting.
1: (laughs) I like that, kind of keeping it coherent. So, you know, and I wanted to ask too, because I did see you guys are a couple and I'm sure you probably (laughs) get this a lot, but you know, how did you guys meet? Because I see like Dr. Drew, you've kind of done, you've gone to a couple different schools. So I was kind of curious how you guys met.
0: Well, I think I should share uh, my side of the story. She may have a whole different side, so you can (laughs) look at her facial expressions and determine whether or not I'm being truthful or not. Okay. Uh, But to be honest, uh, at at the time, I was practicing overseas in Italy, and I flew back for a conference in Orlando, Florida. It was the upper cervical uh, evolution Evolution. is what it was at the Rose and Shingle Creek. We met there. Mm-hmm. she laid eyes on me and ever since then she hasn't taken them off that's my story I'm sticking to it the rest is history <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah whatever he said that's fine I'll co-sign that that version of the story because uh we're definitely uh living our happily ever after the that we make, really. so, I love that and so when <laughs> you said you were over in Italy too is this where you kind of gonna uh at least for you maybe particularly is this kind of where you got your style of practice from or where you maybe got some of your inspiration okay.
0: Well, fundamentally, um, upper cervical was really kind of, uh, I made that decision halfway through school. Mm-hmm. I'd probably say about seventh, seventh quarter. I finally made the decision that I was only, only going to practice upper cervically. And uh, ev- after that, that is all I did. When I got to student clinic, I mean, I had to learn everything. I learned every technique, you know, like, like everyone does in the curriculum. Uh, but as far as outpatients, and uh, when I started seeing my own patients, I only checked them upper cervically. Um, and then after graduation, I had the opportunity to go and uh, run a practice uh, in Italy, okay. and it was just me and a translator, and it was an upper cervical practice, research-based, uh, so it was a great opportunity.
1: Oh, very cool. And then- awesome. And I've seen that you've also gone to a couple of different schools, and you have some training, and I was hoping that you could maybe shed a little bit of light, because I see that uh, you have a bachelor's degree in, like, human science and health and stuff. Is that correct? So ultimately, I
0: mean, uh, health and science has always been important, and uh, I know I know my wife also has a background in biology.
1: Okay. Um,
0: she did uh, she did a lot of research um, with regard to her undergraduate degree and her postgraduate degrees before getting into chiropractic.
1: So research is definitely my first love. So um, did a lot of publications while I was at University of Miami, Go Canes, um, and then went to Palmer College of Chiropractic what we consider the fountainhead, where our, our
0: practice all began. Okay. Um, so ultimately, um, I think uh, my wife has to go tend to the little one, so that's the joys <laughs> of having practice. Not a problem. Um, but no, my, my undergrad degree is based in uh, nutrition. So called human nutrition, foods, and exercise. Mm-hmm. The pre-med mm-hmm. track, but it went a lot into the physiology of things as well. Um, I've been a personal trainer in my past life. I've been a strength and conditioning coach in my past life. It gave me a strong foundation of biomechanics and how the body works, uh, even before I went to chiropractic school. So
1: okay, because that was actually going to kind of lead me because I I was kind of you know doing a little bit of research and I was trying to put the pieces together and I I thought that you that I thought I saw that you, know, you did have like a kind of like a background in you know being a personal trainer and things like that and I think that's incredible. It kind of lays like you were mentioning a really good foundation of know, what you're doing and giving that idea of the body and everything. I find that's, you know, that makes sense to me. <laughs> <laughs> so, but uh, yeah, I mean, kind of tell me a little bit more, you know, in depth, you know, what, what was the kind of the key point of view really determining like, hey, this is what I want to do. You know, was that really at a young age or was it, you know, in time in school? You know, to to be honest,
0: um, I always knew I wanted to do something with regard to health and in the healthcare field. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't really know what probably until six months, uh, prior to graduating undergrad, what I was actually going to do. Right. Okay. Uh, so ultimately I went to school, I was on a pre-med track. Uh, so originally my intent was to, to go to med school, but the thing was, is I wanted to go to med school in an attempt to change it before I had any concept or any funnel to really kind of uh, make sense of how I felt and how I thought and what my natural tendencies were. Um, I didn't like the concept that drugs and surgery were the answer for everything. Mm-hmm. Drugs and surgery have their place. I just didn't like that They were the answer for everything. That's probably why I went more in a human nutrition, foods and exercise type of route in conjunction with the because I wanted to understand how the body worked, right? Not necessarily um, how to Catch it, but how to keep it healthy, how to grow it healthy, if you will, um, so that's where things started, and uh, so I got halfway through and I made this one realization that if I go to med school, that is all that i 'll know mm-hmm. right, and it's very hard to change a system or add something to a system if that's the only thing that you know, uh, so I decided I didn't want to go that route, and that left me lost um, and I happened to have um, my wife won't mind that she knows this story, but I was dating, a <laughs> I was dating a girl at the time and I had a internship in Philadelphia at a fitness center at a, a um, corporate fitness center. Okay. And her mother happened to be a nurse, a head nurse that worked in a doctor's office, uh, for AIDS patients. Mm. That doctor's son just happened to have Graduated from Life University uh, like six months prior. So while I was up there, she knew I was kind of trying to figure out what I wanted to do. So she introduced me to the doc, and then the doc introduced me to his his son. Um, He was in the practice at that particular point, adjusting all of his dad's um, AIDS patients.
1: Okay, and that was as
0: a result of some research that came out uh, a while ago that showed um, CD four cell counts rise uh, post adjustment there's a lot of other variables to it but that's why they were doing that he gave me a green book i read the green book it identified with everything that i have been feeling and it felt like the missing puzzle piece i wasn't trying to make a profession fit me it seemed like this profession fit me it was the missing puzzle piece to my my puzzle my story if you will and six months later i'm at life university
1: okay i love i love that it, it's it's one of those the, the law of attraction and one thing when you meet individuals and one thing leads to another and you find that opportunity and it just connects like right there and then i think that's incredible you know i think a lot of people tend to kind of miss those steps of just how like that journey happens and that's why i always like bring it up because like that you know <laughs> i'm sure people don't go in that much depth and you know learn what really motivates you and I that stuff I find is incredible it's just that journey of you know you realizing this isn't something I want to do and you know you're trying to look for other opportunities and you know when when you start doing it and put an action to it bam right there it happens
0: some of, some of us are really driven by purpose and and I'm one of those per- people that are driven by purpose if I don't feel like I have a purpose attached to what I'm doing I'm not motivated to do it and I don't want to waste my time doing it because there are other things that that I feel are important. Like, there's a reason why I'm here, there's a reason why I meet people, things happen for a reason, and I want to make the best out of that and uh and not live a superficial life if that makes sense,
1: yeah. And I think that definitely shows just from your personality and what you guys are doing. And you know, I think that it really shows this type of character and your purpose of like what you're out here to do. And I think that it you know, it really kind of sheds a light on individuals, you know. But so. I wanted to, there was something I was looking at on your website and I was curious, you guys do pretty daily uh, blogs on your website. Who, who makes those by the way?
0: Well, we have uh, we have standard blog. We've been out for so long at this particular point. It's, mm-hmm. I have a little gray in my beard now, so it's bringing me down to reality. And, uh, it used to be that I was always the youngest in the room and now that's changed and I am trying to figure out why it changed. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was making a reference the other day, and I'll, I'll answer you a question. It was um, Top Gun was a movie that's coming out.
1: Okay, yeah, yeah. I had my
0: marketing coordinator in the office, and I was telling her about this Top Gun movie. I was like, look, they were mentioning Star Wars, and I was like, look, let go of Star Wars. The only thing you need to know is Top Gun 2. And she looked at me with this deer in the headlights look, like, what's Top Gun? I haven't seen that. And it let me know how old I am. So I, I bring that around full circle, uh, because. Uh, we've been in practice for ten years, so we've had we have ten years of content at this particular point. Uh, we've written for newspapers, we've written for magazines, uh, we've done you know newsletters. So we take that content and repurpose it uh, for that, and now we have a company that posts those.
1: I gotcha, I see, and because there was one thing that really brought my attention was the article was um, the sitting epidemic. And that kind of brought some attention because I obviously work from home and I know a ton of individuals that work from home and it kind of brought up some key points. And I think it even brought up an app that kind of helped like people like get around and start being a little bit more active. And that I was just something because I was going through some of your blogs and they're really good, really informational, but that one really stuck out to me. And I, I was curious if you wrote it or somebody you did, and I was hoping maybe you could set some, you know, a little bit more light on that. Cause I'm sure, people are going to be listening to them. A lot of them are going to have similar issues. Absolutely. So we, I
0: can't, I don't want to take all the credit for it because you know, I can write something and post it and there be a bunch of errors in it. Right. I'm a chiropractor, not a, uh, not a journalist, but <laughs> <laughs> we have our hand, our fingerprint on, on all of that. And as far as the content, we approve that stuff. Um, so yeah. And that's very similar to some of the content that we give our, give our practice members, our patients about this information um, because chiropractic, we believe, is the foundational component to life and living a life that you want to with regard to your health and living it on your terms. Uh, But chiropractic is not the only thing that you need to do. And there's a lot of ancillary things that we want people to be empowered to do to take control of their health. Um, So giving them tips, uh, giving them information outside of that that's gonna support their chiropractic journey we feel is extremely important. Uh, because we say everything in our office is a 50-50 process. 50% of it hinges on us uh, doing our job and getting the things correct that we identify. Mm -hmm. 50% Mm -hmm. depends on you going home, following instructions and doing the other things that are going to help optimize your expression of health. We do our part, you do yours and then we get there together is the message that we always portray.
1: Yeah. And I think that's extremely powerful Um, because a lot of chiropractors that talk, it's, I mean, for me, I've, I have a lot of family in the medical field, and, and so I, I'm kind of familiar with like how things kind of work, but I know a lot of people don't understand that when they go to visit you, it's not, that's not the end. It, there's a part on their end that they need to complete, and I always find it's kind of amazing. A lot of people misunderstand that or even don't even know that that you know there, there's more that you're going to have to do to make sure that your recovery is faster or that you prolong or even prevent because um, I go to, to a chiropractor every once in a while when I have some issues and I've even done physical therapy and I've always known that the exercises at home are equally as important as the visit, which has, you know, helped me, you know, live a little bit healthier. I, I don't have aches or pains, even though I do sit for a long time. But I make sure I get up and I get active and I do my stretches and exercises. But you know, I wanted to see if you know that's something you maybe notice a lot of people are, you know, lacking in that understanding. Cause I I like to ask and I, I find that a lot of people don't and I wonder where the education gap is coming from.
0: I mean yeah, you know, fundamentally you bring up a, a good point and it just triggered something in my head and this it's this whole concept of treatment versus like wellness care. Mm-hmm. Um I tell people all the time, you know, there's a there's a science and a and a technical aspect to being a doctor. Uh because, you know, I am a chiropractor, but I'm also a doctor. So there's a right. certain level of expertise that you have to uh, acquire and maintain to, to to be a doctor um but at the same time i believe that chiropractic is, exists outside of the treatment model right so i look at our colleagues and let's just say medical doctors primary care physicians even specialists they function in the treatment what in the treatment realm which is extremely important right mm-hmm. um I like to exist outside of that realm. Now, there's a lot of people that show up to the practice, if you will, after they've had a symptom because they have a catastrophic incident and we're able to help them recover. But I think the most powerful aspect of chiropractic is helping people understand that your spine is something you need to take care of the same way you need to take care of your teeth. You don't just go to the dentist after you have cavities. You go to the dentist to hopefully prevent cavities and keep your teeth as long as possible. A lot of times I ask another question. I ask people, when are you going to stop going to the dentist? And everyone laughs at me because no one thinks about, you know what, I'm just going to stop going to the dentist. The same thing is true for chiropractic. And there was a, a, a someone who told me this story, and I forget where it came from at this particular point, but uh, there was a dentist speaking on stage, and he told people, contrary to popular belief, you do not have to brush and floss your teeth. You do not have to go to the dentist. All right? And then he paused. And he came back with, you only have to brush and floss the teeth you're willing to, you want to keep, right? (laughs) And it's the same thing with regard to chiropractic. So chiropractic is, uh, is really designed to help you maintain the spinal structure, the integrity of that spinal structure, and maintain the relationship between that structure and the nerve system. And if you do that, your body's able to heal and function, adapt the way that it was designed to. So that is our message. And when you have people that have already fallen off the ledge, meaning you already have symptoms, it's not that we have a special adjustment for headaches and a special adjustment for back pain and a special adjustment for digestive issues. That is not the case. And quite frankly, I'll argue with anyone who says we treat those things because we don't. But when we remove the roadblocks from the nerve system that inhibits it from functioning the way that it should, Mm -hmm. the body's able to heal and recover from those things, which is why people get better. If the subluxation or if a misalignment or if a displacement of a bone created that scenario and created dysfunction in the body, if we remove it and the body heals or gets better, if we ever allow it to sit out, come back, stay out for a long period of time again, it's going to recreate that issue. right? It's the same reason why we go to the gym and we don't go for six weeks, get six abs and say we're done for the rest of our life. (laughs) <laughs> it's something we have to do ongoing if we want to maintain our health and the spine is the same way.
1: Yeah. And that's, you know, a lot of a lot, at least a lot of chiropractors I talk to and even other doctors, they all say the same thing. And it's and when I then when I go to talk out with other people and I realize what's going on in their lives, see that it's just the point's not getting across. And I think what you just said there with that a really simple analogy just really makes it easy to understand, like it's important. And it doesn't require a lot either. It's something you could do probably a couple times a week and you know, that's all you really need to do. Uh,
0: Ultimately, we, we um, we're, we're, like you said, we u- utilize upper cervical chiropractic. The orthospinology is the technique name that we utilize uh, with regard to that. Um, and our objective is to space people out as much as we possibly can. Now, according to uh, the duration or the time with which we're able to space people out, does depend on how long their problems have been there, what their spinal structure is like at this particular point, what their lifestyle is like at this particular point. All those things factor in, but we want to get people out to a comfortable place. I don't want to see you three times a week for the rest of your life. Quite (laughs) frankly, from my perspective, the way we practice if I have to see you that many times for the rest of your life, then there's something I'm not doing right. And we need to go back to the drawing board. right, so we have people that are spaced out, uh, meaning they're in more of a wellness side of things now where they're just getting checks. It doesn't take long. It doesn't take much, but health is built the same way wealth is by making small decisions the right small decisions consistently mm-hmm. over a long period of time.
1: Yeah. And that's, and that's the key right there. And and there's one more thing I kind of want to bring up because I, you guys work on children and uh, is right. Is that correct? As I was kind of reading through, we do- okay so i'm not sure if you work on a lot of them but this is something i've i've been trying to put my sights on like other parents and i'm sure is it scary do you get a lot of parents that are really skeptical about bringing their children and their babies in uh to get care now i was wondering if it's a real roadblock that you guys have to deal with because it's something i'm actually not really familiar with and i was hoping you guys could maybe set some light on it awesome
0: so if if we kind of take a step back uh, to okay. when we talked about treatment versus wellness, because what we've realized is, a lot of times it's the base of, of, of information that people need um, to make an informed decision. The only thing we ask people to do is make an informed decision. I'm not here to tell you what to do, I'm just here to provide you with sound information so that you can make the best possible decision for yourself and I'm not here to judge you based on your decision, I just want your decision to be informed. It doesn't have to be the same as what I feel like it should be, as long as it's informed, right? Okay. Uh, so ultimately, if we look at the fact that chiropractic, from my perspective, is not about treatment, um, then we can break outside the concept of why would I bring my child in because my child doesn't have a symptom. Right. So that's one one question that a lot of people would have. The other side of it is, is my child does have a symptom, it has ear infections it has, um, you know, uh, failing to progress. Maybe there's delayed uh, progression in the development, you know, things of that nature. Mm -hmm. Why would that, why would I bring them to you? Um, The next question, I'm going to address all three of these in a second. The next one would be, um, um, I'm not going to bring my baby to a chiropractor because when I think chiropractic, I think someone's going to twist them into a pretzel and unwind them. And why would I subject my baby to that? Right. Mm -hmm. So I'll start with the fact that, for example, in our office, we don't do any twisting, cracking or popping. The adjustments are very specific, very precise and very gentle. Right, so I'll start with that. Number two, the nerve system is the only reason why we're looking at the bony structure. The brain is completely encased in, encased in the skull. The spinal cord is completely encased in spinal bone. Um, that's, why, that's how important that system is. So if we have um, misalignments, we have subluxations there that are creating a scenario that is stressing the nerve system, what does the nerve system control? And that's a, that's a open ended question for you, but it controls everything. Right. Right. And no one argues with that. So if, if this creates a problem with the nerve system, it can affect the body globally. So we don't run into a lot of the roadblocks because we take the time to educate the people, the patients or practitioners that are here, mm-hmm. um, about what chiropractic is truly about. Um, and then a lot of those people, Especially the ones that, we, that bring in their kids are referrals from existing practice members that have had their own experience and okay. they have their own baseline of information, right? So we understand that. Um, let me ask you this question Do you have kids? I don't, no. Don't have kids yet. So we'll paint the scenario, right? All right. Um, kids born, grandma has the kid. Before grandma hands the child to a family friend, she tells the person to watch the head. Now, we have to watch the head because the neck muscles are not developed appropriately yet. If we let it flail around, we can create an injury. Everyone Mm -hmm. understands that? Everybody's grandma has said those words. Watch the baby's head, right? So, the first thing typically that is tugged on, pulled on, twisted when a baby comes out of the canal is the head. And a lot of research shows that up to 36 kilograms of pressure can be applied to a baby's head as it's removed from the canal. And that doesn't make obstetricians wrong doesn't make midwives wrong. All it highlights is something that actually happens. So sometimes the process of giving birth can create an issue, um, and we just recommend people get their kids checked. That's it, right? Um, So you think about a child, for example, who who has ear infections, let's just say. Um, When you have ear canals in a child, for example, they're more lateral. As we developed, they kind of angle right? These are more effective at draining fluid than these. So chiropractors don't treat ear infections. As I said before, I would make an argument that we don't treat anything, but that's me. Fundamentally, if there's a misalignment at the very top bone of the neck, what it can do is contribute to an obstruction of the, um, the drainage of that fluid. And anytime you have fluid sits in any area, it's prone to infection. So now we can throw a bunch of antibiotics at it. It'll deal with the infection, but if the fluid still pools, what's gonna happen? It comes back, right? Uh Now, and then the next step typically is like ear tubes because we need to help drain that area. Sometimes we go in there and make a small slight correction to the atlas. All it does is free the obstruction and allow the drainage, allow the uh, canals to drain, which leaves no fluid there to get infected, So the chiropractic adjustment didn't treat air infections. We're looking at the structure and keeping the integrity of the structure sound so that the body can function, so that canal can drain as it should. Mm -hmm. So because we take an educational approach, we don't do any twisting, cracking, popping. We talk about the difference between treatment and care. And what we provide is care. It typically puts parents at ease because they understand exactly what we're coming from and what we're trying to accomplish.
1: I like that. And I think that's easy to understand what you're kind of talking about. It was something I, I've always been kind of curious of like, you know, at, at least from your side of point of, you know, what are you seeing and things of that nature? Because it's something I'm not really familiar with. I thought it'd be kind of a great point for you to of you know, shed some light on it and the importance of, you know, just being aware and being educated on, you know, things to look out for and you know, how it works and whatnot. <laughs> and I think, uh, I think that's easy for somebody to understand. Right but for sure, for sure.
0: And I mean, I can, I can even shed light on, you know, we've had, uh, we have three girls now. Um, all of them have been checked immediately post birth. Right. Mm -hmm. So my wife's given birth, uh, naturally to three beautiful girls. Um, two of which needed an adjustment. No, one of which needed an adjustment immediately after birth. Um, two of which didn't right. And they had very different birthing experiences. Um, but we checked all of them. Just because we checked them doesn't mean they need to be adjusted.
1: Right, and I, and, I, and I think that's a good point. It's just kind of like going um, you know, to a doctor to make sure, you know, maybe check for allergies. You're not sure, but getting checked doesn't hurt. <laughs> and so there's one thing, um, one of the last things I wanted to point out, and it was a quote that you gave actually, and is the touch is the language of love, and love will heal all. I love that quote and I wanted to know where you got that from. Is that something you said or is that coming from somewhere else?
0: I can't reveal all my secrets, but,
1: <laughs> <laughs> but
0: but ultimately it really speaks to um, it really speaks to a concept of action, right? It's one thing to say things, but mm-hmm. touch requires action. It requires something to do something, not just to say it. And in doing what you display in doing super exceeds or far exceeds anything that you could ever say. And that leaves a lasting impression on people more so than the words that you said. Now, you know that, that old adage that uh, people won't uh, remember what you say, they remember how you make them feel type of thing. Yes. Uh, well, touch takes that to a, to a whole different level. So if you, you touch someone uh, with regard of coming from a place of love, uh, coming from a place of passion, coming from a place of empathy, uh, coming from a place of understanding, Uh, it really touches people's hearts um, and they see what your heart is or who your heart is or what you represent. And they become attracted to that, They become attracted to the mission, not even necessarily what you're doing. They become attracted to what you're part of because of who you represent. Um, So I thought that quote really embodied uh, that concept.
1: um, And that that's why it's there. I think it's really powerful and it's just something I wanted to bring up and, you know, Hear from your viewpoint why you said that or why you put that in there because I thought it was extremely powerful of what you just said. And I, you know, and I agree, (laughs) more (laughs) powerful than just talking, you know. But, but listen, Dr. Drew, I really appreciate you coming on here and you know, kind of sharing what you guys do and you know, kind of educating others here and you know, be more self aware and uh, you know, things that I'll look out for. And I really, really appreciate that.
0: Awesome. We we, uh, really appreciate you having us on. Um, We really enjoy, if you don't know, if you haven't noticed, we enjoy speaking to people. Uh, We really enjoy um, uh, talking about chiropractic, talking about health, and really empowering people. If there's a single word that uh, we've used to describe our relationship, my wife and I, it's catalyst. Uh, We love catalyzing health relationships. We love catalyzing family relationships. We just like helping people get to the next level, whatever that level means.
1: And I think that's incredible, and that's, that's the whole reason why I'm trying to do this and bring out other people to you know, really share and give some light and you know explain what's going on with their uh, you know their stories, their practice, and you know it's really powerful, and that's, I think it's something I've already noticed a lot of people just don't know, and this is just a great way for, to help educate people and you know to have a better understanding. <laughs>